1: Welcome back to the show. I'm Chris McCarthy. with Marcus Ferro, my co-host, up? here on South Coast tonight. <laughs> we'll be joined here momentarily by State Senator Mark Montigny, um, who's, of course, been was up all night, right, uh, on all of these bills. He's up till ten o'clock in the morning. I believe is about about what when what, when they got done last night. So there's a lot of moving parts here to, to it to this as well. So we're going to have, have a few minutes with Mark to, the the, the, the uh, to speak with. Uh, so we're now joined by New Bedford State Senator Mark Montigny. Good evening, Senator. How are you?
2: Hey, guys. How are you? Great. Good, good. good. I'm tired. I can <laughs> imagine. I, st- yeah. I and, tried and to stay way, up with you, but I couldn't do Yeah, know. I know. You, you didn't do as well as I did or as poorly as I did. Um, yeah, and by the way, I certainly will not defend it. Uh, and had trouble this morning. Like, we had these big gaps, as you know, because they're negotiating conference reports. So it's easy to stay awake indefinitely well perhaps that's an exaggeration but it's easy to stay awake when you have action and debate and the stress and adrenaline of, of movement but when there's these big gaps and it's seven in the morning and you're an old man with earbuds in your ear uh, <laughs> listening you know i mean it's it's a little more difficult i haven't seen an overnight you know, we had a couple of very very late ones which by the way i'm i'm against generally um but this is the first time i think i've seen an overnight um, in longer than I want to admit because then I'd age myself and you, people would be calling for term limits.
0: Listen, well, so have you ever been in a session that long, 23 hours?
2: Yeah. So when Bulger was president, he did it regularly. The difference being <laughs> oh, he, he the, the one difference though, um i'm starting to get nostalgic about bulger um, the one difference is that he would and again i don't agree with this and we changed it when birmingham was president and i was Ways and means chair and we debated over several days and stopped usually at eight o'clock but he would say that we are going until we finish now that gave him tremendous control because people did get tired and you know you come back right. i remember my first budget i i went in there with you know a chip on my shoulder because my constituents gave me that chip and said you better have that chip And and I filed over 50 amendments. I said, look, I may not win them all, but you're going to recognize that, you know, I'm not just a, uh, you know, uh, recent college graduate. You're going to push around. I was out several years, by the way. But so it, you know, no matter what, no matter what your energy level is, and back then mine was pretty, uh, uh, (laughs) pretty high. um, You still begin to tire, right? But then you get, Few hours sleep and you're back at it so the reason i'm against it besides the fact that the public should be awake and tuned in if they choose yeah. is that people lose their energy and even if they claim they don't they do so bulger i think it was a tactic last night i don't yeah. think it was a tactic i think that the two leaders just couldn't find agreement.
0: Just to clarify, for I'm, I'm sure a lot of people in the audience know, but just to clarify for people who don't know, when he says Bulger, he's speaking about William Bulger, who was a state senate president and the brother of Whitey Bulger. Just just to clarify um, for people you know, who didn't know.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I forget that that's been a long time, and, right. yeah. and you know, you you I could have introduced it by saying you could. You could write books and make movies about this guy. Oh, they did. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. I got, I got right. one I got one little story, I got to tell you about it, and and you can pick up the book if it's still out there because it was a pretty fascinating book that Billy Bulger wrote. Mm-hmm. And in my first term, there was a leadership challenge. And that's the last thing you want when you're in your first term and learning the ropes and trying to establish yourself, right? right. and and he he said something that I didn't like. And I went up to him, and probably in, in the first time that he had heard this in his seventeen year, presidency i told him something that you wouldn't tell somebody uh usually uh, and you can you know you can put together what that would be and then i walked away and then there was in the caucus a discussion from one of the so-called insurgents that's what they called them i was not part of either side then by the way uh, and, and I felt that both sides needed to court my vote and tell me what they were going to do for me and the district I represent. And I said in the thing when one of the, the the Keating Five stood up and said, "We're going to run Democrats in primaries against you," I stood up. Now remember, I was very young. I stood up and I said, "If you come into my district with that attitude, I'll punch you out of it." And I was, <laughs> I was you know, I was half kidding, half not. Frankly, yeah. I was. It was. It was a little sluggish, but I'm young and i'm like you know what no way you guys have pushed it around long enough down my neck of the woods and bulger put it in his book but he didn't put in the book what i said to him i was an equal opportunity tough guy that day and what i said to him was 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 equally as <laughs> um, inappropriate and aggressive but i just felt frankly that they were taking us for granted you know neither one of them had properly asked and said, this is what I offer to the, you know, the people of Massachusetts and your district. So it was fascinating. And it petered out, but it was very funny. I'm reading the book and there it is. And I don't remember the page because it's been a long time, but that's something I will actually give to my son someday, but he might not appreciate the character that Billy Bulger was, or even, you know, you know, the sense then what's come out about, uh, about Whitey, it it makes the Mm -hmm. whole story more interesting. I could have, you know, who knows where I could have ended up? Right, 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 exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, kidding exactly. By, I'm kidding, by the
0: way. When you said Keating Five, yeah, I'm, Bill Keating. I'm, yeah well, okay, yeah, but so he but he said the think, Keating Five, which yeah, is an interesting way of phrasing it. it. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Keating <laughs> Five. Yeah. yeah, I
2: think they named it the Keating Five at the time. That's an unfortunate uh, name. To to exactly for that reason, you know, I think that was like a, you know, from the other side. But what had yeah. happened was. I don't want to get off track, but it is a fun oh, it's story. it's a fun story. I like you, it for you political uh, junkies. So what happened was, so again, I'm in my first term, and Bill Keating, who's my friend, had talked to me um, just because we happened to be at an NCSL meeting or something in Boston, and I go out to the Democratic convention that Saturday, and you know, I do my thing. It's it's uh interesting for me because it was my first one as a as a sitting state senator, and. um I come home and pick up the Globe on Sunday, and it it talks about the opposite of what I had heard. I had been told very briefly that, hey, look, if Belgium moves on, I'm going to look at the presidency, et cetera. Next day in the Globe, it not only mentions those five, um, but it says rumor has it. Well, they dropped a dime that the rumor had it, that that I was uh, one of an extended group. So just sent his emissary to, to, to make me feel uncomfortable. And, and you can imagine what I told him. Right. And then I, and I said the same, again, I'm I'm being a little rough around the edges here because I really resented that the leadership style at that time was you're young. You should be seen and not heard. My attitude, and I think one of the main reasons I got elected was the exact opposite. You're going to deal with me or you're going to deal with my headaches. And it was a, relatively difficult time but both of them after that spent time and i think both acknowledge that you know something you're right you're right each each one of these votes becomes uh you know someone to be uh courted and listened to and birmingham did the exact opposite when he ran and that's why he got my vote he spent i questioned him in three long meetings and contrary to what people believe, I had no deal with him. I became chairman of health care. I was more shocked than anyone that early in my tenure when he appointed me chairman of Ways and Means. Not expected. It was a sitting Ways and Means chairman. I thought he was doing fine. Right. So you just, you know, sometimes you just have to make your appeal and do your job and it works. And other times it doesn't, frankly. Because I've been on the other side of that. Right. I thought maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe it should have worked out differently.
1: How did you think the session went last
2: night? Well, I mean, look, Look, in, in some of the outcome, um, I, it's good. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the fact that we have two years to do our business and somehow we end up finishing it at 1030 or whatever it was in the, mo- in, in the morning, uh, I think is just wrong. And, and the one person I won't blame for it, in fact, I'll commend for his work, is Mike Rodricks. So I've been there when the two leaders are working on difficult things and some cases, and I'm not saying one way or the other, this is not for me say, but I know what happened when I was chair of Ways and Means. I had two tough, smart house chairs. We worked, and I say this with a straight face because it's so easily verifiable. I worked as hard as any human being that was ever in that building. It's a seven-day-a-week job, and Rogers yeah. is doing it now. And your staff works as hard or harder, which means there is no time. Like, eight, four years, I did it. I, I, I don't think I would have accepted it if it had been offered after that, because right. <laughs> it consumes your, your life. And you have to remember you have a district. Uh, so yeah, you can take care of your district. And I certainly did in, dis, in disproportionate ways with no shame. But you also can't do a lot of the things you need to do and also have a quality of life. So Mike Rodericks, like me when I was in that role, you do all the work. It takes months and months and months. You negotiate all the deals. And then at the end of the day, there's two or three or five things And one or two or three egos that hold up the works. And it's been the same forever. It's not worth me pointing fingers. The the House tends to point at the Senate. Senate tends to point at the House. Well, that's part of the problem. So I'm not going to do it today. I I wish that we had stopped um, at midnight. And I wish that we had gotten more done. And I wish it was done earlier. Now, the one interesting thing is one of the most important pieces that I heard you talk about, by the way. I wasn't intending to get roped into this tonight because I'm too tired, but the show was so interesting and I was kind of sniping. And I guess one of you caught me listening because <laughs> I sent a text saying it was a good show, like a fool. Um, <laughs> but you know, she explained it very well, by the way. No good, no both good of, deed. Yes. Both <laughs> of you also explained it well. So this piece, this economic development piece, which you heard me say before, a lot of these, things that end up in economic development pieces, to me, a boondoggles, and they shouldn't be done, um, it's just transferring, you know, um, taxpayer money onto the balance sheets in many cases of private business. So, like, I'm against the biotech initiative, I'm against film, I'm against the semiconductor initiative at the state level, voted against all these. But there are so many really important things in here that do the opposite, like, you know, when you do the star store and the downtown money over over the years. I did it not just to build downtown New Bedford, but to leverage private investment. And proof is in the pudding. Same with these big port uh, development uh, line items, wind line items. There's a lot of important money in there. I do think a lot of it will get done, by the way. But if we had done that (laughs) when we should have, this is the only good news, the unintended consequence of it. That was before the governor came out with 62F. Right as you cited earlier, we would have really had a hard time with a straight face saying to people we can do all of this. We may be able to, but let's, let's wait and do further analysis. (laughs) And if we're going to change that at all, and that's, that I'm waiting to see what the, what the leaders, uh, suggest, then it should just be more progressive. I mean, we had a, we had a great progressive tax package. It wasn't big enough. Go back to the governor now and say, Okay, Gov, we want to do more. We don't want you to veto this. How do we get your vote? Maybe $3 billion is too much, or maybe it's going to the wrong um, people. Maybe it should be more progressive, which, of course, benefits my district, right? right. I'm, not looking to, I'm not looking to help the folks up in Lexington get a $500 check this month. So I think it gives us more time. Again, I'm not defending it because it's only a coincidence that okay. we now have this right. luxury of time. <clears throat> right. uh, but a lot of good stuff got done some not so good stuff um one in particular or excuse me one in particular that didn't get done i don't want to get into tonight because i'm i'm tired and it's a very emotional subject to me as chris knows right. uh stroke was not done and it's only because of the insidious and i'll even say the legalized corruption of some of the special interest lobbying. Oh. the fact the fact that we do not have a tiered system of stroke here when i've been filing it year after year after year because certain hospitals that are unqualified to do the work don't want to lose a revenue stream. That didn't get done, and it didn't get done only because of that lobbying. I won't go away on it, by the way, but I'm angry as hell about it. I just don't really want to spend a whole lot of time on anger tonight.
1: Mark, were you as shocked as everyone else about the 86 law? I mean, you weren't in the legislature when that passed, but there are people in the legislature now who were there when that law was passed all those years ago. Did that surprise you that they were surprised?
2: Well, what, yeah, what surprised me is that, and again, I, I want to be careful because I think there needs to be some further analysis before people like me go and, and pop off from the cheap seats or, or, or you guys are even in cheaper or more expensive seats, right? It's easy to, <laughs> it's easy to throw the criticism. I, I, and there may very well be some legitimate criticism here. But I want to see an analysis on why people – who are paid over at the Department of Revenue yeah. and Administration and Finance and different, uh, you know, the comptroller. Like, there's a whole lot of people who should have seen this coming, I think. Yeah, it's... And, or I put it this way. My default is they should have. So now prove me wrong. Right. right. I'm, I'm willing to listen. Is, is, is it a... Uh, I don't know how to say this, but is, is
1: it possible that Baker's bluffing did he just did it I, to throw all of you I guys mean, I,
2: into you know uh, a, a wrench? I doubt it. I mean, first okay. of all, he's a very, very decent guy. I'm not happy right. with him right now because of stroke, but I'm really happy with him because of stops So this is this right. is give and take of the world we're in. Right. You know, I mean, it would be great to be a, a benevolent dictator, but I'm not, and he's not. I and mean, there's 200 of us from different districts, and he's from a different party. And you, you know, you, the more we work together, the better. I work as well with Baker and Polito and Bruce Carr as I do with my Democratic colleagues. That's that's how you get stuff done, right? Right. So I don't believe so. I, I think that at worst, and I'm not accusing him of this at all, at worst, he found out maybe earlier and thought, this gives me more power as I come to the end. And I can't really say that's wrong. So, like, if I'm sitting here right. Right. and I've yeah. got a Trump card and I've got three days left in the session and I'm trying to get and believe me, I would have used it to get Stroke done and Star Store and a few other things. I, and by the way, as you know, I got Star Store done. Of course, um, and and I appreciate the House delegation supporting me on that also because it was it's so important and we can spend a whole show on it someday if you want or an hour. Sure. Um, but you know, I would have used that card. Are you right. kidding me? Right. And then no, you come down for the point. last yeah. three days right. then, <laughs> and and here's what I'd say. I'd say, Okay guys, I got three billion bucks here and if you want to spend it, we're gonna spend it responsibly, we're gonna work on a tax package, and if we don't, then I'm just going to veto it. And there'd be right. red ink all over the thing if 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 the Democrats would not negotiate with me and I was sitting there or if I were Democratic governor and I were listening to Republican leaders.
0: That's life. So, um, Senator, uh, you said that, like, Lisa talked about it a little bit. Lisa Kaczynski political talked about it a little bit. Um, but you're talking about you have the benefit of time now. Um, can you just sort of explain the process, how the legislative, the formal sessions ended, but the informal session picks up and there could still be sure. some votes that are taken?
2: Yeah, and I should I should really clarify because we have we have the benefit of of time and we have the curse of rules. So um, obviously rules that are set can be changed, yes. and they have been changed. And to bring back Bulger again, he used to have this rule. I think it was sixty three, and the big joke was if if all else fails, rule sixty three suspends all rules. You know, right? right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, these are, and, and you can be facetious and say, well, that's what's wrong with politics. Yes, yeah, true, but you also can look at it practically and say. Well, rules are made every two years. Yeah, some of them are joint rules. Some of them, I was the chairman of rules, so I'm a guy that knows how to use the rules, right? Yeah. Um, and and sometimes they are meant to be changed. I mean, really, so what? We're in the middle of coming into a you know a, a plague, a pandemic two years ago. We shouldn't have been comfortable changing rules. So the question <laughs> of of this um, uh, situation is a little bit more complicated because it's a s- slippery slope if you start to change the rules so what's important enough and what is isn't? and i like the fact even though it's very frustrating to me when i care about things i like the fact that we've been disciplined and not change the rules because you know something everybody thinks their priority is worth it i tell you right now i'd vote to change the rules tomorrow to get stroke done because i watched my father suffer i watched my mother suffer because of my dad and i watched my whole family suffer so for me that's more important than all the junk included in sports betting and all the other things that passed last night. But that's me. That does not mean that everybody in there agrees, right? Because right, they didn't right. have the personal experience. So they didn't go through what, what Chris uh, McCarthy went through. Right. So when you look at it, there's a couple of choices. You can outright change the rules and come back into a formal session. Much easier, gives, gives the majority party more power. Or you can do what I think we should do, negotiating good faith, with the governor. And yes, the beginning part of that is based on your earlier question. The first thing is to find out exactly what the governor knew, when they knew it, and if it was in good faith, I believe it was. So then the reason why time is good is because that if we had done it two weeks ago with the tax package and the economic development bill, I don't think we could have uh in any comfortable way implemented sixty two F as called for. There's just no way. I mean we're coming into I'm I'm a a student of the economy. The money is flowing now at dangerously high levels, and it is not going to be there in in, uh, months or uh, another fiscal year or two, right? So be careful when you build a structural deficit. So the bad news on this is that when you're in the informal session, one member, which to me that's good news, but if you're you're trying to work out a deal uh, on a $3 billion piece, it can be bad news. And what I mean by that is, one member can can object, and the matter cannot be brought up. Whereas t- today, when we were still in formal sessions, right. you need the vote. And depending on what the motion is and what the rule is, you need anywhere from from you know a majority to four fifths. And like for instance, a veto override, you need two thirds. Some of these things w- require roll calls, so you you can get tons of stuff done as you had said on your radio station but there's also great peril and on certain things that require roll calls you cannot get them done until january
1: mark mark I, I know you said you were tired and you were up all night but you don't sound it we, no, but, we, i'm having fun now right? <laughs> we, we we are up against a break mark but we do appreciate you giving us a call and uh and and letting the people at home know about it and we'll talk more late, later as the week goes along, perhaps um about what's going on up there and, and and what um what really shook out and what did the governor know and what didn't he know
2: yeah, there was a lot of good things, and there was, you know, like I said, some things I'm really unhappy about. But I'll never defend being in this morning. Never. Thanks, Mark.
1: Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Appreciate okay. That was State Senator Mark Montigny, and we'll be right back.
0: Back to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. I'm Chris. And uh, that was State Senator Mark Montigny. I really enjoyed... So I really enjoyed the interesting piece of history with... I mean, there was a lot of great information there. I really There was. There was. I really enjoyed the... The uh, Billy Bulger stuff, though. I hope I our boss is not listening. They
1: might replace us with him yeah right, right. <laughs> yeah but but the um no i thought there was a lot the, the,
0: the bulger stuff was fun i thought it was i thought it was pretty good and i thought that was interesting i nicknamed them the keating five right for people who don't know the keating five is a group of five senators one of whom was uh john mccain the sainted john mccain yeah sainted john mccain who essentially profited off of changing the rules to help a banker named Keating. Right. One right? of the savings
1: and loans guys. Yeah, one of the savings and loans guys in the early 90s. And that's why that's why McCain then became Mr. Campaign Finance because he wanted to get the stink of corruption off himself. So yeah. we started deciding that everyone was guilty because if he was guilty, everyone was guilty and therefore we had to do campaign finance even though what what he did it's just it's just crazy. Yeah. John McCain was was in
0: a lot of ways the worst. <laughs> you, sound like, you sound like Donald
1: Trump. So, yeah, I'm sorry. So he's correct um, about that. But, but the um, the Montigny st- with Mark was talking about it. Look, he's got a lot of history, having been in the Senate for a while. Yeah. It's funny when, when when last night when I was watching the Senate, because um, you can watch stuff online. When when Mark when you know Mark was there obviously, but then you have Mark Pacheco and Taunton, right? Mm-hmm. Who um, I was thinking, boy, Mark Pacheco. Not to, you know, he's been around a long time. Mm-hmm. And when he was the one getting up and he was studying the Senate till 2 in the morning, 3 yeah. in the morning, I'm thinking, can this guy, you know, but he could. Yeah, he I guess so. He kept going, right? They kept going. You, you know what? 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 Um. There was one of the senators who stood up last night and said he'd been there since 1979 in the legislature. Long. Right. That's a long time. And I thought to myself, well, how did the governor get this one past you? Yeah, You've been there. Right. You've been there since seventy-nine. Been there that man. long? Um, that's that's that
0: says more about you. He was uh, there when they when they passed the eighty-six. But here's section. the thing with the with the with the um you know when when Senator Montigny said that they just straight up changed the rules, right? They right. change them when they want to. And he says some people say that's what's bad about politics. I say what's bad about politics is the Strict adherence to parliamentary BS when it gets in the way of getting stuff done. Like but you, you look the only way to run a meeting is with parliamentary rules. Yeah, or else it just becomes chaos. Yeah. Well, so just just change them when you want, though. Well, but, but I'm but serious. F- no,
1: f- no, but there's a process by which to change them. So, so you look at like in the Senate. Yeah, there is a process, right? So that that's the key to it. Is that is it by having a process? Everyone feels, even if they even right. if they He lose. said he was chair
0: of the rules committee. Right.
1: Yeah. It, but that by that by having a process that everyone understands, some better than I others. I think
0: if it's important enough, you just say all right, whatever.
1: Well, well. But look- then the person who's who's losing doesn't feel that the process is legitimate. Well, look at the who cares? Pro- They're losing. They're losers. Yeah, but tomorrow who cares to what the you. losers say? No, no, but 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 it's important who because cares? the loser is there tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I mean, because I just look at like what's happening in the the. The federal Senate and they can't get stuff done because the Senate parliamentarian is saying, Well, actually it doesn't substantially like student loans, so oh, it doesn't substantially enough deal with the debt. And they say, Oh man, like the most powerful person in the world, right? Right, <laughs> right but, is saying like, Oh man, I wish we could do something about it. And, but it, and he doesn't it, really
1: mean that. Well, that's what I'm saying is He's using that as an excuse. Yeah. Biden knows. Biden doesn't want to give away student debt. Right. The um, but but Marcus, you say that from the perspective of someone who wants things done that isn't happening, but you wouldn't feel that way if it was the other way around. Yeah, that's correct. Right? So so I think it's important to... The reason I... Im- no, I like it when I like it. Right, exactly. Yeah, no, that's but, true. But the the process, whether you're winning or losing, the process is crucial. Because otherwise, nobody feels like... In other words, if you lose, but you knew the rules ahead of time, and you, you, lo- you then you feel like... It just feels like politics is more about...
0: You know, you can talk about striking compromises and all that, and that's that can be effective in a lot of situations, right? It can be obviously effective here because it's a supermajority state and probably will be even more so in January. Right. But it's in a lot of cases it's like it's more just about if you have the majority, whether it's by one or a hundred, you get your thing done that you're supposed to get done, and the other people can
1: go screw. Well essentially. But, but here's the thing, and we were talking about this on the ride over, Marcus. You looked at the at the criminal justice bill they did last excuse me they did last night, which was on dangerousness hearings. Okay, mm-hmm. and so whether you whether you agree with the merits or not, that's not the point. The the um, I, I know you don't agree with the merits, but, I'll, but but last night I mean, there's some good stuff in the bill without right. a question. But right. it's it's you know go ahead. But last night there was a it was a very interesting coalition. So there's really very few. I think there's three Republicans in the Senate. Okay, there's three, three, and there's yeah. eighty senators, right? So there's nobody really, okay? So Bruce Tarr got up last night and he put the amendment forward. The leader of the caucus of right. three. The, right, exactly, the Republicans, right? So Bruce Tarr got up, he gave a speech. And then what begins to emerge is this coalition, right? You had a woman, Lydia Edwards, who's a Democrats. everyone I say after this will be a Democrat, who's a Democrat state senator from East Boston, a woman of color. She gets up, she's in favor of the bill, okay? Mm-hmm. You have Sonia Diaz-Chang. Sonia Chang-Diaz. Chang-Diaz, who's obviously of color and a female from Boston. She's against the bill, right? You have Mark Montigny. He's a co-sponsor of the bill, right? Even though he's a Democrat and a progressive Democrat, basically. You have Mike Roderick, Fall River Democrat. You have Mike Pacheco. He gets up and speaks on the bill, right? In other words... You put together this coalition, it was both very progressive minority Democrats as well as white Democrats from from progressive areas, right? But they're all voting for the Republican bill, right? You had um, the guy who said he was from, from, um, he'd been there since 1979 in the House, I believe, is where he started. You had a state senator from Lexington, that area, another very wealthy part of the state, one of the wealthiest parts of the state, right? He was totally opposed to the bill, right? And he gets up and what does he cite as the example of bad. Justice bills in the past, Bill Clinton, right? Yeah, he says, right. he says we're gonna yeah, do yeah, right. Yeah. We're gonna do what just what we did with Bill Clinton when we passed the crime bills, like just things like yeah. that, right? Jo- the, the the Biden crime bill. He, yeah, he, he it was Joe Biden's bill. He didn't want to bring up Biden. He, he, <laughs> he blamed it on Clinton this time. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. But my yeah. point being, right, is that so it doesn't really the party map doesn't matter, right? Yeah. You you begin to put together these uh, these coalitions based on issues and based on micro issues within the issue right which is what i think happened last night you had a lot of people on the domestic violence side well, right yes and then you had people but part of this bill for those of you out there who who might be subjected to it is that you can't cut your gps monitor off anymore it's a felony right right and and just to
0: clarify a few things uh because we got We got into the conversation and i think there's certain words that we know what they mean but other people don't point good point uh dangerous a dangerousness if you're found to so there are dangerousness hearings right and uh, a district attorney can request one for a manner of reasons right and they can typically hold you until that hearing and they can hold you for up to three business days, I believe it is, right? And uh, to get discovery and all of that. Witnesses can, can be called into this dangerousness hearing. And if the judge finds you dangerous, you can be, I mean, there's a few other resolutions. You can have a GPS monitor or something like that. But you can be held in the House of Correction for 180 days without bail, right? right? So um, they're... The, what Governor Baker wants to do with his bill is expand the reasons for which somebody can uh, DA can request a dangerous. I think hearing. they did that last night. Yes, and I think they added twenty five was what what I heard them say. Yeah, and uh, they they added like a, the rule like a judge. You know, a judge is only supposed to consider the specific crime. Can't look at your record. Uh, Let's be honest, though, about how this process typically works anyway. Honestly, because I think that that if you're a judge, you get that person's bop, right? Border probation record, right? You get that person's bop in front of you. And you can't be, you You really can't inoculate yourself from looking at that bop. Uh, you just can't as right. a human being with eyes and a brain, right? right? And so... So I think that's kind of happening anyway, to be honest with you, like in even even if it's unintentional, but now it's legal now. So now if you take this up to another level, like an appealable level, they could say, well, you can consider the record, you know, when 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 doing this. So and the D.A. certainly consider dangerousness hearings uh when they look at someone's record. Right. right. But there's a vast expansion of it. But what they did was they tied it to all of these good and necessary protections for people who are suffering suffering from domestic sexual abuse right from their their spouses their partners or whatever and why he's bringing up the 96 crime bill which was authored in large part by Joe Joe Biden uh, signed by Bill Clinton as one of his landmark reforms and turned out to be an absolute nightmare. And I think probably one of the reasons Hillary lost the election, to be honest with you, um, is because the crime bill, more than a lot of legislation, had added to the mass incarceration by making over draconian drug laws, but it was able to become more palatable and more broadly accepted by adding the Violence Against Women Act, right? right. Bernie Sanders, even, who said he stood up on the on the House, he, he was a congressman at the time, He stood up on the House floor and said, I'm going to vote for this bill because, he goes, this bill is going to be bad, but I have to vote for it because it has necessary protections for women. Okay. So, that is just, I just wanted to, like, you know, provide some background because we were getting in this conversation. I think we know what we're talking about. But we are psychos.
1: (laughs) We pay way too much attention. attention. I was up at 2 in the morning watching this debate, right? Yeah. So, So, I'll tell you, very interesting stuff, right? So, you have because it's, this really matters right? I mean this is, this is big time stuff it really matters so can, on the on the crime yeah. piece on the debate side you had and again I, I my point is that it doesn't it's it's not party at this point because as you said, it's a super majority of Democrats so you get these slivers of ideology and and, and, and government view within the Democrat party right? yeah so last night, You had Jamie Eldridge, who stood up. Now, again, I give the guy a little bit of credit because it was late in the night, right? Two o'clock in the morning when they're debating this. And he made the most odd, he made a very odd statement. He says, look, I'm opposed to this bill. And one of the crimes in there is statutory rape, okay? And he said, well, look, one of the reasons the LBGTQ community is against this bill is because of the statutory rape provisions, which someone could now be held dangerous if they held on a statutory rape charge, right? right? And I thought, that's a pretty odd statement, right? I don't think of the LBGTQ community as any less in need of protections from I, statutory rape. I agree. Right? I mean, I thought it was a... But, but again, I said to myself, wait a second, Chris, it's two in the morning, right? Yeah, two, yeah, yeah. You know, Give the guy credit that maybe he was trying to make a larger point that I didn't quite understand, but his colleagues did, right? Yeah. But I thought it was a very odd
0: statement. It's a weird thing to say. Here's the thing about making statutory rape a strict liability, or I mean, a, uh, a, a dangerousness offense. It is... It's a serious thing. Yes. But it's a strict liability crime. You could not know, theoretically if that person was the age that they were right and still be held accountable that happened
1: to a famous red
0: sox player right exactly the girl actually had so, a fake
1: id met her in a bar with a fake yes yeah it,
0: and it's a strict liability crime so you're you're on the hook right. basically i mean there there's discretion for prosecutors maybe if you're you no duped, pun
1: you're no pun intended you're screwed <laughs>
0: So I think doing that is, I think having that in there, I think can the way, my, be my
1: boss is Michael Rock. You can, you can <laughs> send, send a letter to them, <laughs> but go ahead. I talked a bit, I talked about one time,
0: I talked about this with a criminal defense attorney when I was in law school or someone who worked for a criminal defense attorney when I was in law school, right. I said, the statutory rape laws, they're serious and they should be taken seriously, yeah. right? But there's a lot of things you can get on the hook for and they said well no one state legislature is going to stand up there and say you know what we need to do right
1: no exactly <laughs> exactly you know what we need to do we, we need did. to make younger people more accessible it's like the, dr- it's like the drunk driving laws you're never yeah. going to get them reduced right How i mean you I, stand up and say well but but jamie Elders he, he was, look and his to his point what he was trying to say and and again it was two in the morning was that Right now, an eighteen-year-old, if they have sex with a fifteen-year-old, yeah, could, could you know they're they could be held dangerous, right? Exactly. Right. That's
0: that's exactly what the situation I was talking about with right. with somebody, yeah, yeah, right. Because you got high school relationships
1: that happen. Yes, they do happen. Yeah, right. So, but but the fact that he that he added the L B G T Q twist to it, I thought was probably an unnecessary twist in it. It sort of, it lends credence yes, to that. Yes, that was my thought, Mark. You
0: know, it lends credence to that awful stereotype that right. people yes. who are opposed to the LGBT community say is that they're pedophiles. Right,
1: right. Yeah. That's all I, I thought to myself. Again, but it was two in the morning. I know, I know where the guy's coming from, right? yeah. I believe. Um, and I thought to myself, that that's a... No No. No one went down that road. But they gave a lot of impassioned speech, Mark. Um Mark Pacheco did the um, Feeney from 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 Attleboro, Paul Feeney, Paul Feeney, he gave a great speech. But the one I really again, I thought was very impressive was Lydia Edwards, who's who's a woman of color um, yeah. from East Boston. And I, I believe, believe she was a, a city, defense attorney. Yeah. And I believe she's a city councilor in yep. Boston before becoming a state senator as well. And yeah. she's a defense attorney. From My understanding from the conversation, she's a defense attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be wrong. But she was talking about, because again, there was a big component to that bill was about women's safety, right? Yeah. That And and um, Feeney was talking about that. Look, he, this is what he said. I thought it was pretty, really, he painted a hell of a picture. Not a nice one, but the one he needed for his votes. He said, look, Many times a domestic abuser leaves the house in handcuffs smiling because he knows he'll be back tomorrow or the day after to torture, uh-huh. to abuse his victims, right? And that was the reason he was voting with Montigny and the other ones and the governor to um, to put this forward, right? So it was, but it, but again, my point being is that even though the Republicans didn't matter, they did matter. Yeah. Because last night, you had the Bruce Tarr before the bill and the bill passed. Yeah. Right? The bill passed. Now, T- the passed House- Passed the Senate. The House, the house right? said no. The House said no. Yeah. So- they had um but the other part that gummed it up a little bit is the free calls. The free calls in the jail was attached to that bill. So I don't know where that is now. Oh, that's not good. Right? No, I know you think that. Yeah. Way, right? <laughs> So, and by the way, I think that inmates do deserve, I shouldn't say deserve, but require free calls. Yeah, I think There's got to be a limit on the amount of time, because there's a finite amount of resources, right? Well, and also people are waiting in line and all that. I, I understand exactly that. That's exactly it, right? But, but there is a component to it where- As someone who's been on the receiving
0: end of multiple jail calls because of my job- right. You wish they weren't free? Uh, I wish- well no, I wish I, they I, were no, free no, no, cuz I have to pay for them. <laughs> I had to pay for them, right? I, and there's ways you can make it more uh, cheaper, but it's still it's still more money out of your pocket. And you, right. you consider a lot of people are there's a lot of people there who are who are taking these clients at a reduced fee, okay. right? Because of cuz you get some private clients and you get some that are, you know, that are court appointed. Right. So you're taking people uh, cases at a reduced fee so it's even more
1: reduced by the fact that you have to pay for these jail calls and and i do think that the the not just the speaking of lawyers piece which is obviously required but but the, the contact with your family is really important i mean I, I you know it's funny i have a friend of mine who did some time in prison and you know he tells me about what it was like and and he maintained a wonderful relationship with his mother the entire time and i and i often think to myself this guy wouldn't have been rehabilitated if he hadn't been able it's- to speak to his mother it's a statistically demonstrative fact that having consistent contact with the outside world
0: as an inmate reduces recidivism, which means basically your likelihood to reoffend and end up back in prison or even back in the criminal justice system in general. That's been the whole reason behind the conversation. I thought the lawsuit, just based on what was written in the law on its face, right. was I feel like poorly targeted, okay? Honestly, cuz it seemed pretty clear by the statute that the sheriff was able to do that and they tried to go after they tried to go after the the law itself, the text of the law and say this this law doesn't permit this when it clearly did, instead of trying to say maybe this is an unconstitutional violation of X or Y, mm-hmm. right? Instead of trying to get like some sort of substantive due process from that. I think that was a mistake, but you know, if that's true, that that's attached to this bill and this bill's dead, I think that's, again, I think that's really unfortunate for a lot of people. Hey, listen, we got to take a break okay. and we'll, we'll, we'll be right back.
2: 1420 WBA.
1: Welcome back to South coast tonight. Um, Chris. So Marcus, the, um, yeah, the last night's uh, Senate and, and house proceeding proceedings were really interesting. And, and again, as Mark was saying, we'll find out now, right later, what really is going to come out of some of that, that piece. Mm-hmm. The, um, we didn't talk with Mark about the marijuana bill, but I have to tell you, if you've been following it in the City Council, and I have been uh, for the last couple of years, it looks like a significant loss of revenue to the to the well, city that,
0: of New That's what I'm thinking. If so, if those deals, if those um, uh, local agreements are really killed right. by this legislation, then the time that was spent kicking this bill around and putting all these st- Stupid zoning restrictions, right around, and, and basically preventing a marijuana shop from opening in the city until, I guess, soon, right? Um, I don't think they're open yet, are they? I don't think so. Uh, and
1: some, they don't they don't buy ads with us, right? So they don't. They're not open. No, no. no I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I, so. I know. They're not. I don't think they're open yet, in New Bedford. The one in Fanev Haven, Basque is open. Yes. Um, they've been open for a while. The yes. First medical they got through is medical. Mm-hmm. But. But they're recreational as well. Then now they are, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But here's the one I was thinking about, really, is way early on in this conversation, Mayor Mitchell negotiated with a growing facility in the in the industrial park. Yeah. They don't sell it in New Bedford. They grow it here. It's for consumption here in Massachusetts. And they get, my recollection, is $25 per pound that they sell. That's a lot of money. Right? The city of New Bedford gets that $25. Now, out in Lakeville... Now there's a cap on. It. I think it's up to three and a grand. After that, the pounds are no longer taxed. But out in Lakeville, I think they get fifteen dollars a pound under their deal. But there's no cap. Okay. Right. So if it get to a million dollars, that's what it is. Now Freetown has on the plans a one million square foot growth facility that's being constructed out right. in Freetown, where I think they get twenty five dollars a pound. Right. Yeah. So my, again, I'm not an attorney and even if I was, I still wouldn't be able to diagnose this bill yet, Same. right? Because um, the bill is out, but I'm not sure, but I believe those agreements are gonna be null and void. That is a significant amount of money gone.
0: That's a brutal loss for the city. Five zero eight let's go to the phones. Good evening, thanks for holding. Oh, uh,
3: good evening fellas. It's uh, interesting to hear, to hear your show and congratulations on being on the air. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay, I'd like to offer. I, I, um, my, my political views are different than yours, but I do respect hearing your perspective and uh, learning. You know, Thank learning you. Uh, a different pre- uh, side. Thanks. Um, I had a family member in jail that I raised as a kid, and um, I just want to share this. Um, multiple times uh, in jail, and uh, phone calls, actually became a master manipulator in the beginning of all this jail thing. The family did end up refusing phone calls after a while. It was poor me, poor me. Um, The last stint was 13 years in Norfolk. And um, very heartbreaking to our family. Um, I'll tell you, everybody tried to help this. Person in every way, spiritually, financially, it, it, it went on and on. So um, I, I think we, you know, I do think maybe charging a certain number of calls, not not just a free for all, to to learn that there is some accountability mm-hmm. in in this.
0: But in the charges system. are on your end, not on theirs, so they're not really held accountable.
3: Uh, uh, oh. oh, oh. Oh, okay. Okay, I didn't understand that. You're right. They I always had to accept the charges. You're yes, right. Right. All the time. Um maybe one or two, but after a while, well, well, I mean, you know, it, it, in our case, maybe this is off off the charts. It was ridiculous and family did decline after a while because it we just felt manipulated. Um uh-huh. after all the opportunity he had. Incarcerated to um, to move forward and then released and returning to jail repeatedly. It's 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 been difficult on, on everybody. Um, the other thing, the marijuana thing. I'm just curious what the you know there is an effect on um, prenatal people who are pregnant and they smoke marijuana. It does interfere with the prefrontal port- cortex of the infant prenatally. So. Um, Marijuana is, is not totally safe. It, oh, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think there's a
1: lot of studies to be done. Sure. Yeah, that's
3: the same yeah.
0: with alcohol, though, right? And, we're, you know, they're still well, selling was,
3: that. Actually, um, I had done, um, I, I am a, a retired nurse, but I was at a conference uh, when the bill was getting passed to, le- to legalize it um, in the area right. in Massachusetts. So I was very surprised of all conferences I ended up. It was uh, from children in Boston, and they They were explaining something that I I saw But They showed the physical facts of the uh, prefrontal cortex. It is damaged, and they they said a lot of times when somebody smokes marijuana um, in in adolescence because there's a big growth uh, period for that area. Of, of the brain, you'll find like at 30 and 40, they'll act as an adolescence. It doesn't develop. It actually, um, that area of, of the brain is with reasoning and self-control. And, and we're finding more and more research on the brain and, and the nervous system. It's kind of, I feel, the last frontier in science compared to all the other uh, body parts that, that we know about and, and can help.
0: So, you know. Ma'am, got we uh, gotta, uh, we're okay. up against a hard break here. we got to take okay. it, but we really Thanks. do appreciate oh, you calling sorry, in. Thank sorry, you.
3: Sorry, I appreciate hearing your. your Thanks. Give us a call another
0: time. Yeah, give us a call another time. Okay. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, got to take a break. This is the South Coast tonight with Marcus and Chris.
1: 1420.